help us understand. Continue to bless the gift and the giver for your glory and your kingdom now and forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And Greg's going to come and share with us 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11 today. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of of one and the same Spirit, as he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. Amen. Thank you, Greg. Titled the message, Spiritual Unity. It takes the Holy Spirit for that to happen, doesn't it? Unity within the family unit is very important as well. And as this Mother's Day is upon us, and you've got your hats and the different stories that may come with that hat, Moms, is your kitchen sacred ground? Or is it wide open for all the kids just to come in, for the husbands to come in and just use whatever they want to use and not put back where it's supposed to be? How often does that upset you? Often, right? You know, in our household we hear things about, you don't even know how to load the dishwasher right. The plates go this way, the silverware goes here. And I say that mostly. I'm getting on everybody else. Got to be organized. You just throw stuff in there. I do remember, I'm old enough to remember when our household, we got the first microwave on a Mother's Day. That little static mic. So I remember when that, we got that microwave. Let's see. Still working on those bugs. Tell the kids they like bugs. (laughs) 
So I remember that Mother's Day, we get in the microwave. I remember in 11th grade, getting the first VCR. Remember those things being so awesome. I remember my grandparents, Grandpa and Grandma Garibrandt, getting their first microwave. And my grandma couldn't believe, you know, just putting something in there for 10 or 20 seconds when she'd been used to working with this oven and doing things for minutes and maybe hours. And now this microwave could do it in a matter of seconds. And I'm sure you have stories like that as well. And moms, grandmas, and husbands that maybe the kitchen is your domain, and that's okay too. Everybody's got to eat, you know, and I don't mind cooking. You know, I, I don't, some things I just like to fix myself because there's a certain way I want to fix it, and I want to eat it the minute it comes out of the frying pan, if you know what I mean. I don't want to wait for everybody else. And that gets me in trouble as well. But as we think about these spiritual gifts and us as a body of Christ, you know, God shows no favoritism. So if we're looking around thinking, oh man, they, they, they always have it all together. They're on top of everything. They, they just doing all this stuff for the Lord and in the church and just everybody's responding to them. And you've just got your arms crossed and you're looking at them with, uh, with those, at that frowned face. Instead of giving praise and giving praise to God, guess what? Maybe those things aren't your gift. And it's okay if they're over there going 100 mile an hour doing those things for the Lord, and you're over here. Let's find out what you're over here and what your gifts are. Let's find out what you're made for, what the Lord wants to do in your life to do for ministry for the kingdom of God. And we talked about that in my Sunday school classes. You know, there's a lot of people who like to hear themselves talk. There's a lot of people who act like they want to uh, do a lot of things. But are they doing it for the kingdom? Is it for the Lord? Is it for ministry and growing the body of Christ? Or is it just self for self? Bringing themselves up to the standard where they want to be or they think they need to be or where they would just like to be. You know, even Tony Evans, if you listen to him much, you've, you've probably heard this, his, this example before. You know, he's talking about the kitchen. That kitchen has a lot of tools in it, a lot of appliances. Like I said, the microwave, the refrigerator, can opener, and the list goes on. Those tools all are needed to prepare food to eat. They each have their own job. They each have their own purpose. And those that plug into the wall have the same what? Source of power. They all have the same source of power. Some take more power. Some take less. But they take electricity, right? They need that electricity. They need that power source. And that's where we are as the church, as individuals. We all have the same power source. We all have the same Lord and Savior. We all have the same giver, the one that gives and decides our gifts. So let's not get mad at each other if someone seems over the top in one area and you're a little less in that area. That's why, we're, that's why we're here, 
That's why we're doing these spiritual gifts tests. You know, each appliance is needed. Each appliance is to live up to its manufactured design and purpose. And that's where we need to be as individuals and as a church. That our desire is to live up to our manufactured design, God's design, God's purpose. Does that get you excited? I hope it gets you excited because it's important. That's what God wants. And and you can. You can live up to that God-given design when Christ is your Lord and Savior, when we get plugged in to that source, that power source, that Holy Spirit. You know, as I talk to the kids about the toolbox, you know, growing up on the farm, couldn't fix it, you go get a bigger hammer, you know, just take it out. You know, break it real good so you just take out some frustration. But that's not what God wants from us, taking out our frustration on each other because somebody's different than us or somebody has more spiritual gift in one area than we do. We are all different. And as we look at this 1 Corinthians 12, verses 8 through 10, just those verses, and if you have your Bible, look at them. You've got your bulletin there. I invite you to, to, pick, to pick out and follow along with me. There's nine. Nine gifts listed in verse 8, 9, and 10. Nine gifts. And we're just going to briefly touch on each one and just bring these things to your highlight, to bring it to your attention, and then for you to go read some more, study some more scripture, look it up on the Internet, bring your questions back, bring it to Sunday school, bring, bring these things into the house of the Lord so that we can talk about it. Give me a text. Give me a call. So there, the first, words of wisdom. We all need words of wisdom, and we know people have given us words of wisdom. And we're talk, when we talk about the spiritual gift, they are words, they are comments, they are advice that speak, that you speak, or that individual with that gift would speak when others come with questions, when others may be struggling with something, where you as a believer, with these words of wisdom, you have a responsibility to encourage, to support, to give insight. This is not a gift of raising yourself up and putting someone else down. This is wisdom, responsibility to living within the Word. That you also, if that is your gift, how are you going to know what, the word, what God's wisdom is if you're not in the Word of God? How can you know the wisdom of God if you're not praying to the Lord and in communication with Him? How can you know words of wisdom without the leading of the Holy Spirit? You can't, you won't, and it's not possible. We cannot do any of these gifts without the Holy Spirit. Because with the, without the Holy Spirit, you know what we're speaking? We're just speaking words. We're just speaking words from our own thoughts, our own attitude, our own soapbox. 
And that's not building the church. That's not ministry. Number two, you see there, there's knowledge. Knowledge is very similar to wisdom, and they do work together. They will overlap. And those in their Sunday school classes, you're seeing a lot of your gifts overlap. Mine have changed since ministry. You know, early on, the uh, first couple was um, encourager, harmony, and supportive. Where now I have like eight that, you know, I had one, hospitality was number one, and then I had like seven others that all tied with the same number, but they all tie in together. They all overlap from administration, leadership, faith, and prayer, martyrdom, and all these things. They overlap. And just like knowledge here will overlap with wisdom, they complement each other. You know, when you need direction and you seem confused, the Holy Spirit is available. Available to give and reveal an answer. There's an example. Jesus asked his disciples, Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say I am? Would you be able to answer that question? Who is Jesus to you? Who do you say Jesus is? And what did they do? They, didn't, they started to give everybody else's an answer. Well, so-and-so says this, so-and-so says this. And what they say, the people, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and they went on and on. Jesus was like, stop, stop right there. Answer the question for yourself, he says. Jesus said, no, who do you say I am? Do you have that knowledge? Do you have that confidence? Do you have that knowledge of your Lord and Savior? Is your Lord and Savior? Is your Jesus? That's the type of church the Lord is trying to build us to be. Holy and confident, faithful and bold. Bold in spirit, bold in the word, bold standing on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. That takes knowledge. That takes time. That takes scripture reading. That takes devotion. That takes time in Sunday school. That takes time with fellow believers. And the devil knows if he can just consume every minute and every day of your week with busyness and worldliness and schedules and activities, he knows he's keeping you out of the Word. And when he's keeping you out of the Word, he knows you're not gaining knowledge, biblical knowledge. We cannot grow spiritually without that biblical knowledge. Why? Because it leads to faith. You see it there in the scripture reading or your Bible, faith. When you begin to know that you know that you know without a doubt and no doubt and no worry and that you have complete trust in the living for Jesus no matter what happens, there's your faith. Living for Jesus no matter what happens. No matter what happens. When you go about your daily walk with that type of faith, are you unshakable? I hope that you're unshakable for Jesus. 
I hope that you are that unshakable living testimony for those around you to see. Wow. They're faithful. They have a commitment. They're sick, but yet they're still praising God. They're about to pass away, but they say it's a win-win situation. If I get better, I get to be here with my family a little longer. If I pass away, I'm going to heaven, and I'll see you on the other side. I'll meet you there. I'll be waiting for you. Faith. These things overlap, and they build, and they support each other. And people are watching. The world is watching And then there's healing. Gifts of healing, Scripture says, meaning it's plural. It's not just one type of healing. There's many. There's many types of healings. There's many different situations that we find ourselves in and that the world is full of. And there's all types of healing that is needed, and there's many gifts within healing itself. Matthew 14, 14 describes it this way. Talking about Jesus again. He's our example. He's the one we need to turn to and read about. It says, Jesus went out. He saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. Jesus moved with compassion. Compassion should move you to action. Compassion moves you to action. And that is a gift. That is a gift when you're moved to action. It may be your gift. It's not a possession. Healing is not a possession. It's not something, let me open my wallet and and, and pull out my healing card. Let me open my toolbox and get a little healing out of here for you. But healing is something that begins with prayer. Begins with presence, full of compassion. It begins and it has to be completely by faith. By faith. How many times did Jesus say, Your faith healed you? Your faith healed you. Many, many times. Going on, there's miracles. Do you still believe there's miracles happening today? Absolutely, they're all around us. A lot of them we don't see, a lot of them we overlook, and some of them we will never really grasp or understand until we get to heaven. We'll look back and God say, look at, look at those moments. Look at those miracles that were all around you. But they do happen. They happen when God intervenes. They happen by God's will. It happen by God's plan. God creates and God does the miracles. You are the tool. You may be the tool. You may be the carrier. You may be the mouthpiece. You may be the hands and feet. You are the one that may bring the encouragement and bring the prayer used by God for the miracle. Not that you do it, but it takes place. It takes place for God to be glorified. In my first appointment, I was one of our men of the church that was part of our weekly men's breakfast. He always talked about the importance of surrounding yourself with people 
that are blessed by God. People that are so close and so intimate with the Lord that you just see daily blessings that God's pouring out upon them. And he's saying, I want to live beside those type of people. I want those people beside me 24-7. Why? Because when they're blessed, when they're receiving things, and when God's uh, filling them up, their cup runneth over. And it spills out and splashes on me so that I'm blessed as well. Again, so important, the people that we surround ourselves with. Are they blessing you? Are they building you up? Are they just draining you dry? Moving on to number six, prophecy. What is prophecy? Well, it's an inspired statement made by a believer. Two very important parts there. Believer and inspired. Believer in who? Jesus Christ. Inspired by who? By the Lord. A lot of people think that they have prophecy, they predict the future and want to share many things, but are they of the Lord? Are they inspired by the Lord? Are they walking with the Lord? Those are very important things because we all are given a brain to discern what's that person talking about. Is it really teaching of God's Word? Does God's Word back it up? Does their life back it up? Do they have fruit of that Spirit? Fruit of the Spirit's way different than the gift of the Spirit. Don't have time to get in that today. You know, you can get a lot of knowledge. You can learn a lot of knowledge from a book, Google, Internet, but only inspiration and intuition comes from the Holy Spirit. That is a gift. That is a God-given gift. Prophecy, what should it do? Prophecy should strengthen and should encourage and to help us in times of turmoil or even in times of, of success and planning for the future. Prophecy gives warning, but also the leading to get closer to God. Get closer to God, to obey the Lord, to let the Lord provide the strength and direction for the crisis or temptation. Remember all the prophets in the Old Testament? God would speak to them, and they would go speak to the people. Words of warning, words of direction. You better obey. And they, sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't. Prophecy. It can provide peace, and it can provide, provide, provide comfort, even though you still have questions, even though you don't understand the worries can be gone. Because these things are of the Lord. He provides that divine peace and understanding. Discerning of spirits, number seven. And I tell you, it is not the discernment of calling each other out on your faults. It is not going around pointing that up, that's not right, you're wrong, you're bad, get your act together. We don't need that type of gift. We're born with that ability. We're born with that ability to be critical. We're born with that ability to tear down, to try to build ourselves up. This discerning of the spirits, 
is the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit helping that individual to discern a situation, to discern the motivation, to discern the difference between is this activity, is this moment, is this teaching of God, or is it evil? Is this an evil activity where Satan and the demons are at work, or is this an activity where God and his angels are leading and directing? That's the discerning of spirits. And what is the difference? Angels versus demons. Angels are spirits that minister to us. They minister to us to build us up, to encourage us, to support us. Demons, what do demons do? They are spirits that destroy. They destroy, they tear down, they bind up, they keep us from being the church or being the Christian or being the dad or being the mom that God wants us to be. They're destructive. And to have this gift of discerning of spirits. It's part of the Christian life. Because the Christian life is a spiritual battle. It is a spiritual battle. We are reminded from Scripture, Scripture we wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of wickedness. We cannot fight against the forces of evil on our own. We cannot. We must have the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit must give us wisdom, must give us spiritual insight. It's a spiritual fight. And we find encouragement from 1 John 4.4. What would that say? It says, Greater is He, meaning the Lord, Greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. The Lord in us is greater than Satan. Satan has his world. He has his demons. He has his own army. They're out there. But when you got Jesus in you as your Lord and Savior, Satan cannot win. In our one reading I shared with the Sunday school class, when the church gathers together for worship and we know our spiritual gifts as individuals and we're in the place that we need to be plugged into, there is no earthly power that is more powerful than the church. Right now, we can be so powerful, but yet we hold back may not be where we need to be in our spiritual gifts, understanding. And that's why we keep learning. That's why we come to church week after week. That's why we're in God's Word. Then there's the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues is a ministry. It is a gift. And it's not about just a time of personal prayer where you pray and you're talking with the Lord yourself personally. The gift of tongues is speaking the prompting of the Holy Spirit to a group or to a Bible study or to a worship service. And the speaking addresses a problem 
or a challenge that the group is facing or wrestling with together. So these gifts of tongue is a message spoken by this individual to a group. The gift of tongues is not a prayer that is made up that you write down and pray later for the group. It's not a prayer that comes from your own thoughts or thinking. It is a gift that is completely through the Holy Spirit's will, the Holy Spirit's desire, a message from the Lord through this gift of tongues, an answer for the situation that the group finds themselves in, worshiping, facing a hardship, facing challenges. But number nine ties right into it, the interpretation of tongues. These two, again, go together and may be different people, but the Holy Spirit works through these things. So the interpretation of tongues must also be present must also be present and must follow all the moments where the gifts of tongues is taking place. The gifts of tongues and the gift of interpretation together, where both are needed, make the message authentic. Authenticate the message from the gift of tongues. Then there's the interpretation, and it makes the message authentic. The Holy Spirit enables all these gifts according to the Spirit, according to the will of God. The Apostle Paul said it like this in verse 11 from our scripture reading today. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So what's all this mean as we wrap this up for today? It means that you... It means that your gifts, they are special and they're needed. They're needed here at the Otterbein United Methodist Church. They're needed for the glorious work of our Lord to be complete and to be completed for the kingdom of God and for God to be glorified. Your gifts are to help others come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And God has chosen that gift for you for each day, for each moment. So as God is entrusting you with that gift, as God is entrusting you with that ministry, that arm, that hand of ministry, that branch of ministry of this church, are you going to trust God? Are you going to trust God's decision? Are you going to allow that gift to develop? Will you do the work Will you do the studying? Will you do the praying for that gift to fully develop? Are you trusting the Lord to fully equip you? Are you excited to do ministry in the name of Jesus? Are you ready to face that spiritual battle that's been going on around you that you've been trying to run from or put behind you on the back burner? Are you ready to face it and defeat it and get to work for the Lord? I pray that you are, and I pray that you will trust him. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I ask for you to bind up those evil spiritual battles that are before us, that are in the lives of these people gathered in worship today, 
that as you bind them up and as you eliminate them and you cast them from their very presence, Lord, that the spiritual gifts will begin to develop and grow more fully for this church and the ministry that is before us. For these people to be empowered in a way that they've never been empowered before. And that power would, Lord Jesus, your rain down on each individual, young to old, the children, the youth, and Lord, that we would be a mighty force to be reckoned with and that we would see the enemy flee and defeat and that we would see your church grow on earth as your kingdom continues to grow. Father God, hear our prayers. Equip us once again for this week that is before us. I thank you and I love you, Lord, for your living word as it is our light and our path. May we stay within your word now and forever. Amen.